0: Direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is DINFOs Live. All right, welcome back to another episode of DINFOs Live. So there are mer- many elements and options available when you're developing a communication plan. You've got photos, videos, written texts, social media, and maybe even radio where you are. There's another tool you can use with great success, and that's information as a graphic. Today, we're going to be discussing infographics and their use from novice all the way to advanced users, and to guide us through that process is DINFO's graphic instructor, Staff Sergeant Chris Nally, my man. Thanks for joining me on the set. Let's go ahead and settle in here and get comfortable. And before we get started, I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about what you do across the street as an instructor. So who are you and what do you do over there?
1: Well, absolutely, and thank you so much, Chad, for having me on DINFOS Live. It's amazing to be in the studio today. Good times. Uh, I feel like I'm this uh, giant zip compressed folder on your desktop right now, just waiting to be uncompressed to give out some amazing information to our audience out there today. But I understand that introductions must be done first, so I am Staff Sergeant Christopher Nally, and I am a Defense Information School instructor, and I truly know for a fact I have the best job in the world. I teach the uh, Graphic Design Follow-On Course for the Mass Communication Foundations.
0: That's awesome. So you've got an interesting background. To get to this point, what did you do before that? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So it's a very uh, unconventional uh, way how I got into this uh, industry. So, and I'm talking about graphic design. So if you would have told me about 16 to 17 years ago that I was gonna be doing graphics for a living, I would have said you're crazy. If you told me that I'm gonna be teaching students graphics, I would have said you're insane, there's no way. After I graduated college with a business degree, that's what I wanted to do, but I got started in this marketing department and what did they have me do there? They wanted me to make advertisements, graphic design, and even update the website, make new websites. So I said, "You know what? I'm just going to give it a try because uh, between you and me, I really needed the money at the time." <laughs> so right. decided to learn on the job, and you know, through my fellow coworkers and online, you know, I started to learn all this stuff. And then I moved on to another company, similar role, into a marketing department for a mortgage company. And I was doing the exact same thing, and before you knew it, in the blink of an eye, I had seven years web and graphic design experience. But it was always a childhood dream of mine to become a soldier. And I never forget this advertisement. It was for a multimedia illustrator in the U.S. Army, a.k.a. graphic designer. And I said, whoa, you can be a graphic design soldier? Sign me up.
0: And that's how I'm here today. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm good to see that the Army got that one right, and they got you in the you know, right talent right position it's also really cool that you've got the corporate knowledge and the in the business sense behind it too so you've got both worlds of experience and with us as always uh, is our social media moderator lance corporal plissner thank you for being here today and taking the online questions
2: of course thank you for having me it's always a good time here definitely looking forward to uh, learning about some infographics and getting some good questions online
0: okay cool So let's get started. Uh, I'm going to throw you a really softball uh, right up front. Just give us the definition of an infographic. What are we going to be talking about today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So an infographic at its core is a collection. It's a collection of images, illustrations, iconography or icons, text, and something we call data visualization, otherwise known as data viz. These are your pie graphs, your column charts. And through a collection of all this element, an infographic seeks to break down a concept to the audience visually. Now, this concept can be anything complex in nature, or it can be something rather simple. Now, infographics exist on so many different platforms out there. You know, we have social media, we have traditional web, we have video, and of course, print. Now, the size and format of your infographic will depend on the platform for delivery. Now, just to take it one step further, there are different types of infographics, I know. So a couple of things we have are the fast facts box. So basically what that is is just your information, highlighted key info, think of it as fun facts. And then another one that comes to mind is maybe your timeline infographic. And as the name denotes, it's just a timeline, a sequence of events. And as you can see, there's so many versatile ways you can use the infographic to get a message out to your audience. And that's why they're so popular now, especially.
0: Makes sense, so today's show is kind of unique because you did bring a lot of examples uh, to show, so we're gonna show those up on the screen. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, when I think of an infographic, I think of it as kind of a small, like a four by five or four by six, you know, like picture small and info, Um, but it could be a poster, it could be larger. What's the difference between an infographic and a poster?
1: Uh, The infographic and poster thing. Okay, so I guarantee if we were to print out an infographic right here in studio, and we go out to a store somewhere and just show some random person that infographic and we say, hey, is this a poster? They're going to say, 90 95% of them are going to say, yeah, that's a poster. And The reason why is because when most think of posters, they just think of, you know, images and text, you know, and that's about it. But there is a key difference, key characteristics that make these two different. Now, when I think of a poster, I think of brief information, something you're walking past, you see, and you're still walking but you got that information. So I'm talking about maybe one to two main talking points at max. Now, if we want to pull up slide number one, I want to show you these two examples here. These were two posters I made for the garrison in my last command. And as you can see the example on the right, it only has one point, you know, and the service member has to be in a certain uniform at a certain time of the day. Now, the one on the left-hand side is just a bunch of numbers for people to report, I don't know, maybe an OPSEC violation. So as you can see, they're very brief in nature. Now, however, your infographic goes in a little bit more depth when it comes to information. And when we're talking about an infographic, it's breaking down a complicated process or some kind of um, basically a topic. So I would like to pull up slide number two, and I want to show you what this is all about. So this is an infographic I created just for the show and the students at the Defense Information School because maybe they share a little bit too much online. And, of course, this is the most infographic I could possibly conjure up. So notice all the elements I just talked about, right? So we have instead, we have the data viz, we have the icons, we have the illustration. But now notice, between that and the poster, we have five different main talking points. So maybe instead of those one or two, like a poster, brief, brief, we have about five or six. And we have the five W's on this example. Additionally, we have that cool data viz backing up those facts. And that is what an infographic is all about. Now, the lines can get gray at times. You know, I've heard, hey, that infographic looks like a poster, or that, or vice versa. And it is true, but of course, an infographic will have those key characteristics involved with them.
0: Okay. So how do we know, like, why should you use an infographic, and when do you apply it? Does it apply to all situations, or are there unique times?
1: So it really depends on what you're trying to communicate. Um, For instance, if you have a marketing campaign or maybe a commander's uh, intent message that you need to get out there, you need to provide, you can either have it uh, aid in a campaign or message or it could be standalone. So I want to pull up example uh, number 11 So this is a social media post utilizing an infographic. So it aids in its campaign because you can see the visual. And you know in social media there's all kinds of craziness going on, information thrown at you constantly. And an infographic is a good way to aid in their message so you can use it to aid in a campaign or any kind of marketing message or any kind of command message or it could be like i said standalone you know you could just print them out and tape this is just you know a certain set of directions that you have to do etc but it depends really on the message that's trying to get out there
0: so you talk about um... the message and earlier we were talking like the ultimate goal is to affect and change or to get information out or whatever you're reaching an audience um... Do you have examples of, like, when an infographic has been used to success in a communication plan, like how, how it's been employed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually have two great examples. But before I show you the examples, Chad, I want to let the audience know that humans, we are visual creatures. And what we're going to resonate with the most is, of course, visuals, you know? Visual is a uh, a kind of a universal language, right? We don't need to understand a specific language in order to understand the visual. Mm -hmm. Back from the earliest days of civilization, they were all using visuals, and it's so important to implement that, and that's why we use these infographics. And I would like to pull up slide number four to show you exactly how this was implemented. So I want to paint a picture. The year is 2020, and COVID is just breaking out. So obviously, there's a lot of confusion. A lot of the service members, where I was in Korea, they they had never seen an HP Con Bravo. They'd never seen HP Con Charlie. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know that they weren't allowed to go to bars or clubs, or you know, social distance and wear a mask. Now the commander, he wanted to put this information out there as far and wide to disseminate it, so everyone was tracking. Now, of course, you know, we have our non-readers out there. I know who you are. But of course, you know it's going to grab a lot of the audience, because this was displayed on social media, every defect, every barracks. It was insane. When I was in charge of the VI shop down there, I remember printing about 6,000 of these, and it was insane. But this got the message out there. So everyone was tracking what they had to do with all these new mandates that were coming out, that nobody was, you know, this was something new. So that was an important one. I have another example, though. The second example right, as you see on screen there, is from FEMA. So I was part of the humanitarian operation relief effort for something uh, with Hurricane Harvey in 2017. Now, I know it's not the prettiest. I understand that. But FEMA had very specific messages to get out to their audience, to the disaster-ridden communities. Now, a lot of these communities, they didn't have power. So you can imagine how uh, effective an infographic was that they can see. Mm -hmm. They knew where to put their debris, Um, at a certain distance away from their house and how they need to separate it. So as you can see, these infographics really get this communication to the audience, and it's effective.
0: Makes sense. So what would you say, um, I guess, is what makes a good or even a great infographic? How would you classify that?
1: Mm. so that's really a two-part question, Chad. And I just want to touch on what makes a good infographic. So a good infographic utilizes basically everything I already talked about. So you're, you're uh, relying on images, you're relying on I- illustrations, data viz, all that stuff, but a great infographic is one that can be read without being read. And what I want to understand um, is being able to understand the content by the context. Okay. That's so good, I need to write that down. Uh, I'll do it later. <laughs>
0: and you had an example of that, I right? I did you have were... an
1: example of that, yes. So, um, Chad, let me ask you, do you speak Espanol?
0: Uh, just a little bit, un poco, oh. un poquito.
1: But can you read fluently? No. Oh. Let's it's demonstrate harder. this live on the air then, shall okay. we? So, I have this infographic. If we want to pull up slide number six, this is an infographic in Spanish. And Chad I would like you to just absorb and just look at the visual cues and try to come up uh, what you think is the message or the topic or the main talking point of that infographic just by looking at it.
0: Okay. Simple. Always wear clothes. I mean, That's, that's a start. Uh, if you're going to party, what? party under a tent. If not, you could get sick and maybe die. And if you see that happen, call 911. <laughs> you know, re- realistically, lots of yellows and reds, which tells me caution, danger. Probably heat exhaustion or heat over temperature or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Still still good points though. Wear clothes.
1: <laughs> so a lot of a lot of great infographics out there will utilize these visual cues to basically put out their mood or their point. So they're using those color harmonies. They're using images with purpose, right? These icons, you see the symptoms in there of heat exhaustion. So you don't need to, you know, really read the text to understand it. Sometimes when I'm looking for an infographic out there, I'll look at one in a foreign language because I can't read it. But if I can understand the content, that is a good infographic, that's a great infographic. But I would like to mention what a stellar infographic is. And this is kind of like one of those industry design uh, pro tips. And if we can go back to slide number two, Not that I'm pushing my own product here, or plugging my own product, but I want to mention something, and that is the use of custom illustration. That is so important. If you look up the best infographics, you will all see illustrations customized to that theme. So, for instance, my customers, my audience, are the students. Now the students generally are always on their phones, you know, they like their social media, so that's what I wanted to make this illustration geared towards. And of course, they like their animes and all this other stuff, so that's kind of why I want to engage it so it engages my audience, because the audience is the most important part. So, I just wanted to throw that out there for stellar infographic, but just keep that in mind.
0: Okay. So when you look at, let's say this one that's on the screen, when you look at an infographic, you know, what is the first thing that you see? Is it an image, is it, a, is it text, or could it be either? It can actually be both. So anything
1: that's really large in size is going to immediately capture your eye right off the bat. So if I see a really large image of something, that's going to kind of hook my eyes. And as I'm hooking into this graphic here, my eyes are then wandering around whatever I'm looking at. So this is known in the design industry as a visual hook. And basically what this does, it allows the audience to be hooked into that graphic And then they slowly move at all the details. As a matter of fact, I'd like to show an example. So if we could pull up slide number seven, please. So this was an infographic created by Xerox. And what's the first thing you notice? You have this big illustration of an office. And you're like, whoa, what's going on down there? So I take a look at this illustration, immediately grabs my attention. And notice it's kind of in the bottom right, kind of unconventional, not left to right. And my eyes slowly start to wander around at all these stats on this infographic here. And that is what the purpose of a visual hook. You're hooking your audience to get them to read your message or anything you're trying to communicate.
0: Okay, And you've got a couple more examples, if you want. Let's show a couple more visual hooks and, and how they're effective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, if we can pull up slide nine, please. I'd like to go into depth about these infographics. So these infographics use that same visual hook method. So we have two illustrations here of a house. This is all about fall protection safety. So your audience is going to be drawn to these housing housing icons or illustrations. And what they're going to do is then they're then going to scan the page to see all, all the details and the data that goes inside of this infographic. And so that's how you know it's effective, because if you can capture them with that custom illustration, Go back, and re- then they can read the stats. That's that's an effective piece.
0: Okay. So we've talked a lot about like how to do things well and what to do to make it effective. What do you want to avoid? What do you want to not do?
1: Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of big, big things that you want to avoid right off the bat. Um, when you think about an infographic or any graphic product, you want to make sure that it's readable and legible to the end user, your audience. Because if they can't read it, what's the point of it? So you want to always keep a legibility in mind, making sure your font is not too small. And I see the biggest offender out there. You know who you are. I see dark text on dark backgrounds. Don't do it. Um, as well as just keeping the principles of design, you know, make sure everything is readable and legible. Now, also, another thing to keep in mind with what things to avoid for infographics is to avoid uh, using images without purpose. A lot of the times, and I've seen this so many times, where somebody who's designing something really, uh, they just want to put something in there just, just because- to Just to fill space. Just yeah. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with negative space. It can be a good thing to have that visual rest. So if you're just putting images in there without purpose, it can confuse your audience. And they'll be like, well, what, is this, uh, what does this have to do with this? You know. So you don't want to uh, create confusion at all, especially when it comes to creating an infographic. So make sure you use images with purpose. And if it doesn't belong, <laughs> Just don't even put it in. Okay. And the last and final thing, what I would say what to avoid, uh, what makes not a good infographic at all, is uh, keeping things factual. You want to make sure that everything is accurate. A big thing with, uh, in an infographic is that it's giving out data, it's giving out information, and you want to make sure that it is imp- it's imperative to give out factual, accurate information. And if you think it might not be uh, accurate or factual, you need to go back and find it. Because we don't want to be giving out false information to our audience.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, otherwise, we're just like Russia with misinformation and disinformation, right? That's it. Yeah, okay. Um, Tell you what I got I'll do one more and then we'll check with social media and see if we got anything over there So what's the process look like like from from start to finish? What is the process of making an infographic? It doesn't just start with on the computer or software, right?
1: No, not at all Um, Typically, it's a three-stage process not for everybody But the standards kind of like this three-stage process of pre-planning planning planning, and then designing so in your pre-planning phase You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything design. You're not even, you're not worried about any of that stuff. You are asking yourself, who is my audience? Without the audience, you don't have a product. Most important thing you need to ask yourself is who am I targeting this product for, this infographic for? As a matter of fact, I'd like to bring up slide number 10, please. Now, Chad, I want you to take a look at these two infographics. And I want you to tell me
0: which one visually looks better just on first glance. Well, at first glance, the one on the left looks like a depth finder for my boat, so I want to go fishing. (laughs) But honestly, it looks technical. Uh, The one on the right looks more digestible and and easier to to read and flow. Yeah. I still want to go fishing, though. (laughs) So these uh, two infographics had two very different
1: demographics when it came to targeting their audience. The one on the right, yeah, it's very easy to read, right? It's very simple. It's kind of using those good infographic principles, but they were uh, catering to a general audience, right? So, um, they lost a lot of their die-hard fans because they wanted more information and that's what the one on the left did. It gave them all that information so their actual uh, die-hard fans really appreciated that infographic. And that's why it's always important to ask who is your audience first before you start designing anything. Now, a couple of other things you might want to do in the pre-planning phase, we're still there, um, is uh, do I have all the information and data necessary? Now, typically, um, if you're doing this in a military fashion, like for me, a milita- multimedia illustrator, mm-hmm. you're going to get all the information from your command or your public affairs officer. And in the commercial realm, it's kind of the same thing as well. Um, typically, when uh, they create infographics, it's a, it's a two-role type of deal. You have your analyst, writer, researcher, and then you have your designer. So it's kind of the same in the military, I guess. But do you have all that data? Um, if you don't have that data, then you Go, go, go ahead and get it, you know? So you'll get that information, but you gotta make sure you have everything you need before you start doing anything. Okay. And then uh, you wanna roll into the planning process, and this is where you kinda get a little bit of design in. Um, you start making your sketches, your thumbnails, you know? This box over here, this over here, this is where I'm gonna put text, images. This is what we refer to in the web design world as a wireframe. So you're mm-hmm. wireframing this infographic, and then you gotta ask yourself, you gotta ask, well, what tools am I going to use to create this? Am I going to use an Adobe Illustrator? Am I going to use something else? So you're kind of like getting all that out of the way. Now, you also ask yourself, do I have all my source images? Do I have my illustrations? Do I have my graphs? Do I have my icons? And then once you have all that, you go into, roll into the design process. And this is where you're actually, you know, you're picking out your color harmony. You're picking out your typefaces, your fonts. You're playing around with visual space for uh, negative space, positive space. You're, and then this, this is where you're kind of just creating this infographic. And what I tell everyone all the time, do not fall in love with your design. Just don't do it. Don't have that tunnel vision because... It's
0: probably going to change, right? It's,
1: you know it's going to change. Yeah. There's going to be tons of revisions, and don't take offense to it. Do not take offense. Be open to that criticism because, oh, you're going to get that a lot.
0: And that could be because it doesn't meet the commander's intent or it, or artist's objective, right? So Correct. So it could be many reasons, but... Be flexible with the, with the final design.
1: Be open and flexible. That's 100%
0: correct. Okay, very cool. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, software that we can use, but first, let's check. I think we got some social media questions or some questions from the crowd out there. And, and again, I know I say it like every show, but this is the point. We want to answer the question from the crowd, uh, not necessarily what I, uh, you know, what I have to ask. So. What do you got over there on uh, from the internets? Of
2: course, uh, we do have a couple questions. Uh, we have one from Patrick. He does ask a good question, because I haven't seen any examples uh, from our example slides, but can you use photos in an infographic? And if you do, when would you want to?
1: Mm, that's an excellent question. So if you go ahead and research infographics online right now, the majority of infographics you're going to find, at least this trend, uh, is going to be less photographic heavy. They're going to rely more on illustrations. The reason being they do, uh, they, they do this is because illustrations tend to be uh, kind of more generic when it comes to data viz. So you can customize the colors and everything. Photographs tend to have a lot of information on them because you know, they could be real and um, this might be distracting to that message. Not all the time, but typically they use illustrations um, inside of an infographic, Um, Mm. but you can absolutely use uh, photos
0: if need be. I think one of the examples we had actually did show, it showed the army soldiers and it was like uniform items that you could wear into the PX. That'd be a good use of that, right? It would be, but that was the poster example. Oh, yeah. see, that's that's why you're the instructor and I'm not. (laughs) Okay <laughs> but but hold you know, that i
1: have seen I have seen <laughs> photographs like real life photographs um, inside of an infographic, but just keep in mind you know if you're using a raster photograph, you know uh, you may need to clean select it or something like that to in order to fit it inside of your infographic, depending on your message so
0: makes sense okay any more, or do you have a question? I think you had a question. I, I, do, I do have a too.
2: question as well, and we do have some others from online
0: all right lay them um, on us
2: uh, so my question actually was. You are creating uh, infographics that are going to be printed in multiple language. what, languages. What kind of things do you need to consider, especially that images, colors, and phrases can differ from culture to culture?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's an excellent one, uh, and an issue that I've ran into many times creating infographics. So I remember I created multiple infographics for different target languages, one being in Arabic. And, of course, I don't know the culture in depth to somebody who does. Um, so typically, you know, colors mean different things to different cultures but your researcher, your analyst, your command, they're going to let you know that information. If they don't, or you don't have that information, you got to research that. Before you target any kind of audience, you need to make sure that you understand what, you know, sell what speaks to them, right? Because like in, like in China, like red means joy and all this other stuff. But in America or any in the US, uh, we have maybe danger or something like that. So it means variety of things to different audiences. So you gotta do your research before you, um, you can make a base plate of this infographic. But as far as the colors and phrasing, all that stuff, do your research, find out and make sure, make sure you have a good translator. That's so important. Because you don't want to
0: put the wrong words and message be interpreted differently. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, makes That's sense. Does that answer your question? It d- does answer my All question. Right, cool. Let's let's do another one. I guess on there, and then I'll go back. I want to talk a little bit about the software that we can use. Sure. Sure. Okay.
2: Uh, so we have a question here. We've uh, talked a lot about print infographics. So the questions that when you're working with motion or video infographics, do we still follow the same principles, or there are other things that need to be taken into account? So that's an excellent excellent question. So motion
1: infographics or video infographics are a whole other beast in itself. Um, and typically, you do want to keep those same principles in mind. You, know, you want to use illustrations. But you're going to be using some more advanced software t- in order to animate that. But basically, the same kind of principles ap- apply. You, know, you want to keep this um, clean and uh, legible, readable. And as far as animation goes, because we do teach animation at, at DINFOS, um you want to make sure that it is clean and not choppy. Uh, especially when it comes to an infographic because remember what's the point of the infographic the data is everything right the topic the message is everything so you don't want your animation to be too uh, say distracting because that's going to be create that like confusion I was talking about like you know having too many things on um, like happening at once so just keep that in mind when creating video uh, infographics but yeah same principles
0: apply 100 percent Same for you PowerPoint masters out there. (laughs) Make them too whiz bang. PowerPoint warriors. So let's let's go back to the software piece and we'll get back to social media and we'll get some more questions here in a little bit. But I wanna if you can just walk us through what is some software that a person could use if they're a novice. Okay, so beginner, very turnkey, very easy, working your way up to advanced, the more, you know, skillful um, graphic artist. Mm. So
1: believe it or not, you don't even need any software to create an infographic. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. There are websites such as canva.com and Vengage.com. I actually signed up for Vengage.com to do some independent research to see how it works. And you can create some amazing infographics even if you're not a designer or have any software or any experience doing it. And I was actually really impressed because the templates that they have are actually really good. Um, so I actually got some inspiration from some of them and I'm like wow uh, they've come a long way. So that would be a great for a novice user. Um, they can go online, sign up for these. There's subscription fees or you can have a free, you know, it depends on what you want, you know. There's some uh, b- additional benefits that you can have for paying for it. Right. Um, and we should point out that we're not endorsing no uh, <laughs> any of these
0: products, but they're just some that people could use. I know yeah. we use Pictochart uh, when yeah. we were in Europe and we were doing some, you know, pretty high-end Eastern European kind of Deterrence, um, yeah. and we were building infographics for it, and it was super easy, um, you know, for even somebody who, who has never done it. So, so now more into the advanced, what would what would someone use um, for those?
1: Yeah, and a good segue into the more advanced users is that they do have limitations. So your picture charts, your Venn gauges, they have limitations to it. Now, if you're kind of like an intermediate novice and you know how the Microsoft Office works, you know all the DoD computers have them on there, you can use things like Excel, so like build data viz, mm-hmm. and PowerPoint, your layout program, to create an infographic. So if you're pretty proficient, with powerpoint you can create an infographic as well now i know i'm not endorsing powerpoint at all but i do want to say their design tools in the updated version the 2019 this 365 is actually pretty impressive yeah they even have like these 3d uh things that you can add to uh, any kind of piece and i was actually pretty impressed i remember showing my students like this rotating gingerbread and they all like went whoa um so yeah that's and available that
0: sh- and that should be on every system that has 365 now yeah. so that's that's interesting okay
1: but now let's say you've, you've, you've been doing design for a while. You're more of an intermediate user. More than likely, you're using the Adobe Creative Suite. So you can use things like Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign if you're familiar and you know proficient with those tools. As a matter of fact, my go-to for creating anything infographic related would be Adobe Illustrator. And of mm-hmm. course, there are some other tools out there, like. Oh, those motion infographics we just got a question about. Mm-hmm. That's where you would use After Effects. So you would build it maybe like an illustrator, your core illustrations, and then you can use Adobe After Effects to actually animate it and then render it out to like a video format like MP4.
0: And there are classes that teach those, right? So if you just don't have the knowledge, where where could one go for, for more information on those, like classes, instruction?
1: Yeah, there's a ton of resources online. There's both paid and of course there's free. Now you can imagine the free, What do I think of? I think of YouTube. YouTube has a wealth of knowledge. I mean, not all of it is good, but there's a lot of tutorials that you can just watch online for free on YouTube. But of course, there are the paid, more academic side, which would be like a LinkedIn learning, which used to be uh, Mm lynda.com. There is also Udemy, as well as Skillshare. And these are all some great, great resources that you can use to actually learn these infographics by professional authors and designers. There's even a company here in Maryland, headquartered here in Maryland, called Think Big, Learn Smart. And they offer an infographics class, both for novice using Excel and PowerPoint and more intermediate using Adobe Illustrator. Mm. So there's a wealth of things that you can learn out there online and sign up for these classes to help you. In fact, I, I go to them all the time because I'm always learning what is trending, what is new, how can I do something
0: better? So just keep on, just keep learning. I'll always be learning, as they say. So we we bring it up in almost every show we do. Uh, We talk about Pavilion. Are there any resources on on the Pavilion website that that a graphic designer could use?
1: Yeah, there are a ton of great resources on Pavilion. I'm glad you mentioned that because on Pavilion right now, there's a ton of different things that you can actually go to for design tips. Like they have one on color, uh, text, like there's a ton of them that you can go there and watch these for free and which is a phenomenal resource. And I would highly recommend checking out DINFO's Pavilion to get some of this uh, design honing knowledge.
0: Okay, very cool. And I think we've got the uh, graphic here on the screen, so make sure you go there and check that out. Uh, I'm told in my ear here that we've got more uh, online questions. So what do, what do we have coming in from the crowd?
2: Yes, um, I actually had a question myself. Okay. So we spoke earlier that um, things that we should not include in the infographic. What's something you would always want to include? With an infographic?
1: Hmm. that's a good question. So, something you always want to include with an infographic, um, especially if you have some kind of data on your infographic, is to include the source. So, if you go ahead and pull up slide two real fast, I keep plugging this, I don't know why. It's, I, I know I made it's it. It's because you but, designed it for the show. Yeah, it it's has gotta why. be it. But if we can pull up slide two. um, You're you're attached to it. (laughs) I guess you could say I'm visually hooked by it. There you go. (laughs) OK. So take a look at this infographic. And notice the data viz at the bottom. I have actual stats there. I didn't make those stats up. But you notice there's a little asterisk that says info by WebRoot Inc. So if you're using any kind of data, always make sure to put your source in there. This way your audience can say, oh, I can go to WebRoot and find out maybe more information. Maybe I'm really interested in these statistics or facts. So that's something you always want to include in infographic. Another thing you want to incru- in- include in an infographic is the good principles of design. And of course, that goes back kind of to the fundamentals, where you're basically using that balance, rhythm, unity, emphasis to make sure everything is in nice order and it's appealing to your audience. But okay. anything else is game.
0: Cool. Do you have any others? Yes, I Other? do. We just okay. got in the let's go. More. Let's keep with those, and then I'll. I think we'll we'll wrap up here in a little bit. Sure. Okay.
2: So uh, let's see. We have the question: What considerations should a content creator make while creating infographics for social media, specifically Instagram, or some of those that have uh, very constricted platforms?
0: So size. Size limitation, maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. That is a, a brilliant question. And as a web designer, that's one of our biggest issues. Um, because, of course, you have all these social media sites. They're not automatically responsive. So if, if you make an 11 by 17 or even like this 8.5 by 11, it's going to like cut off certain areas of your actual infographic. So you have to look at the platform that you're posting on, your target platform. Say it's Facebook say it's Instagram, whatever you're trying to do, you got to see what their resolution size is. So I believe Instagram is a one by one ratio. So if you're developing an infographic for social media specifically, use that ratio, use those dimensions to build something custom. Now you can build your 11 by 17 print, your big one, and you can make another one just for Instagram, maybe a shortened version, so when your user clicks on it or your audience clicks on it, then they go to the website to see the full version. That's the way to do that if you would like to, and of course now YouTube is also the same way. Um, Facebook is so you just got to really do your research and see which platform has what sizes. It's the same with like cover photos on Facebook. You know they're very strange format size, and you have to kind of format your product towards that.
0: Okay, where do you where do you go for inspiration? Like, what what inspires you, or where do you go to try to see, I guess, trends, current trends?
1: Mm. So that's a, uh, so for inspiration, I'm gonna be honest, my biggest inspiration is to ask others' opinions. I know this sounds crazy, but you know, when you've been doing design for a while, you kind of get this like, tunnel vision, and it's like, oh, well, my designs are best, but look at this guy, he's this one crusty designer, who has been doing this for a while. I like to ask others with a different perspective. Maybe not a designer, maybe a designer, but they give me do- new ideas and different ways of looking at something. So I say, oh, well, I could have done it maybe this way instead, because it's all about problem solving at the end of the day, you know, graphically solving a problem. And so I'll ask others for their opinion. Another inspiration or go-to is to look at what other companies are doing big companies with big marketing budgets. I'm talking like PepsiCo, something like that, because you know they're paying big bucks for their advertising agencies. You got deep pockets. Deep pockets, and you know their advertising agencies pay the most into seeing what's what's hot, you know, what's, what's, what's the trend, right? Because that's what you want to, uh, you know, of course, cater your product to because you want it to get looked at. If you have a product that looks like it was designed in 2002, you're probably going to get more questions than uh, any kind of answers, so. Always keep that in mind. So I like to look at those companies for inspiration. And of course, last but not least, foreign infographics or foreign graphics in general, because I like to see what's out there that I can see without actually reading
0: it. Okay. Check in with social media one more time and then I'm I'm wrapped up. Uh, what do we anything over there?
2: No, nothing yet.
0: Okay. Well, so hopefully more questions will come on. Obviously you're going you're gonna to stick around yeah. and uh, we've got people that'll answer questions behind the scenes. Um, we've covered a lot of information and lots of good stuff today, but is there anything that you wanted to, that we didn't cover that I didn't ask uh, that you wanted to throw out there or shout out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A couple of things I, I did want to add is that I wanted to tell the audience that you don't need to be a professional graphic designer or somebody with a lot of experience to make a great infographic. With the amount of tools and resources there are online, you can do it. And honestly, I would say if you have a message, you have some kind of communication piece, like go ahead and do it. You know, you don't have to be like this brilliant professor who's been doing this forever, you know. In fact, some of the best designs are by non-designers. So stay motivated and create. The second thing I would like to add is also a shout out to the Defense Information School command team. Um, Command Sergeant Major, the Commandant, just absolutely phenomenal leaders, and they really provide this positive environment for innovative education, and that's really cool. Also, shout out to Team Seven and my graphic design team as well. You just picked up a new class, right? We did pick up a new and class. Can you give him a shout-out? Of course. Shout-out to 050TAC22. I cannot to see. I can't wait to see what amazing products you're going to create here in the graphic design course.
0: I'm sure they came in talented, and I'm excited to see how, um, you know, how skilled they'll be when they leave your course. So yeah. thanks for doing what you do across the street, and thanks for coming in today. I think that's all uh, we've got. Thank you, sir. Um, So as you can see, utilizing infographics is a great tactic as long as you use it uh, with purpose and it's in part of your plan. If you want to learn more about graphic design and the basics, uh, you can check out the graphic design collection on Pavilion. We talked about it in the show. And also, we look forward to seeing uh, the great infographics that you create. So if you wouldn't mind, share those on our Facebook page. Just post them in the comments. Next month, Denfos Live will air March 30th when we talk about writing for your boss. That's a subject we've been trying to get to for a while. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn to learn more. We hope you enjoyed today's show, uh, this month's episode, if you will. Take care. We'll see you soon. Goodbye after the show.